Hey, what's going on, family? This is Brother Technico, and this is the Niso Technico Show. And I got a, I don't even call it a hot take because this is just like a news flash, you know. Uh, as of this recording, today is January 7th. Uh, this just happened a few hours ago. Um, the story broke out um, on Bahala Wango's LLM. Um, she oftentimes does content for the African Diaspora News Network, and she also has her own platform where she typically covers a lot of the news that's happening around the continent of Africa. Uh, for those who don't know, go go follow the sister. She she always give keeps you up to date on what's going on. And unfortunately, what happened today, and you guys know, I have to be honest with you, is a major, major slight everything that we've been talking about now there is a silver lining here you know but what happened today was was disrespectful and unforgivable considering everything that's gone on to this point where we're trying to be as a people so what happened today is that Ghanaian government shut down a pan-african um event that was going to have people, a uh, few that I've talked about, like uh, Dr. Chimpari Atacana, the one who shed light on the uh, what is now known as the French Colonial Pact, but was originally called the uh, the Pact for the Continualization of Colonialization. And she gave a lot of details about how treacherous they were, how duplicitous France and other countries were going so far as putting cement into the plumbing to force countries into this deal. This is this is um, about circa about a hundred or so years ago. This is this is a while ago when they no 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 not a, not a hundred yet no 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 it's not a hundred yet not quite a hundred yet. But this is one of the reasons why um, certain countries in Africa, particularly West Africa, have been struggling the way that they are. And one of the conditions of this uh, so-called now French colonial pact is that those African countries have their money controlled by the French government, the old school, what they call francophone uh, countries. Right. So, you know, Simbori Atacanas used to be a U.S. ambassador. Again, I've, I've covered uh, this sister on this platform. So if you guys want like further detail, either go look her up or go check out some of my episodes. Right. But she was one of the sisters that was there. Uh, Professor Lumumba, someone who was very, very outspoken about Western criticism of African policies and African law, uh, particularly as it pertains to the Western world forcing LGBT on communities that don't have uh, an issue, don't have a basis for it, you know, and that's not crazy to say. I don't know why people think that it's so crazy to say people say, what do you mean they don't have a basis for it? Listen, it is a minority group. I don't care how much quote unquote exposure it gets now. They're still a minority group. And when you look at the numbers, you mostly see it in places where it's been acceptable. Okay, and where it has a history of homosexuality. That same thing can't be said for the majority of these African countries that are not in the what, what we now call the Maghreb, and that's a whole another another topic. But Patrice Lumumba was very very outspoken about that. Uh, you also have the other leader from uh, South Africa, Julius Malema, who's been very very outspoken about uh, politics out in South Africa, speaking up for South African people and not the um, visitors. That's what we're going to call them. The visitors who've come, uh, who've now called, you know, now called South Africa home. And, and another brother, uh, uh, Peter Obi, who I'm not as familiar with, unfortunately. But this seemed to be a very, very powerful panel 
this is of the likes where if you had a Francis Cress Welsing, uh, 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 Professor James Smalls, uh, um, oh my goodness, Char Charles Finch, like you're talking about major hitters, major players. And the reason why I say that this is a this is a backslide and this goes against everything I've been talking about because you guys know I've been one of the main people. Uh, well, not one of the main people, but I've been a person who's pushed the different things that's going on in our motherland, in our homeland. And I'm looking at it very, very favorably because I'm looking at the moves that we're making economically. I'm looking at the statements and the stances that we're taking internationally as it pertains to trade and how we deal with other countries. I look at those as very, very, very good things. However, this is a reminder that the same issues that Dr. Erekana was speaking out about as it pertained to how politics are run. See, I'm going to give you guys a, a brief overview of kind of what happened a few years ago. Because after uh, Jimbori Erekana shed light on the French colonial pact, she no longer was the U.S. ambassador. But then she was running for office. Uh, I, I believe it was either in her native country of Zimbabwe or somewhere else. Uh, don't quote me on that because this was a while ago. But the reason she was warning, she never believed that she would win. But the reason she was running is because she wanted to expose how the uh, how the politics work, because the person that she was running against was running unopposed. And as it pertains to African government, those offices, those seats are often run unopposed. Sound familiar? OK, so she was running. She knew she wouldn't win. She uh, she uh, she spoke with Kwame. I don't remember the brother's name, but you guys can find the conversation on YouTube. Talk, Chimbori uh, Arikana uh, and Kwame. Just type that in, you, you'll find it. Um, but they were talking about how the, about the corruption and how the corruption has served to, to hold the, the general people down. This is the same point that I was making during the time of the FBA versus non-FBA, and you're like you're literally arguing with the offspring of people who come from that who benefited from that corrupt system to even have the opportunity to go there. As we discussed in the, uh, in the episode about uh, the affirmative action, the majority of blacks or African, quote unquote, African-Americans that even get to go to these Ivy League schools, a larger percentage are those that are international because they come from families that have money. A lot of the Asians that do get to go to Ivy League schools, there's a good percentage of them. One would argue some some people would even argue a higher percentage of them come from outside of the country because they have the money. So to reel this all back for a moment. Chimbori Arakana was exposing a lot of this, a lot of this corruption and who these people are, because these people have been dominating the image of African thought, African mentality, who these people are, who our family is, who these people, these are people, right? But she was exposing that. That was her, that was her position. That was her role. That's what she represents. As it pertains to uh, Lumumba, uh, Professor Lumumba, he's someone else who stands with uh, what are the same values as Dr. Adekana. As a matter of fact, these individuals that were coming together are some of the individuals that have continued to talk about Africa backing itself by its own natural resources, that Africa needs to be united the same way China is united. And I always bring up this story, family. You can fact check me if you want. Before Western interference, China was not China. 
it was split up into many provinces. They did not become unified until after opposition from the Western world. And this is also at a time where the Western world had already consolidated itself. Okay. So, back to the issue at hand. Because I agree with our sister, our sister, uh, uh, Ms. Zelalam or Mrs. Zelalam, I don't know. Okay, but I agree with her. I'm I'm equally as but no, I can't say I'm equally as pissed, but I'm I'm pissed because I can't speak for that sister right there, you know. But I can speak for myself. This shit. When I heard this story, it felt it made me feel a little disheartened. It made me feel like a liar almost because I I want so much for our people. You know, I preach more positivity uh, than ever before because I believe in it. And when you believe in something, moments like this can can take you back. Because you start asking yourselves, like, what the fuck? What 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 are the true intentions of this con- uh, uh, of the country, or not even the country, the continent? Because the co- the country in question is Ghana, and that's something else that should be you know, noted. The the country in question is Ghana. But the thing that we can't overlook and the reason why I said there is a silver lining is because this is how politics work. And I am in agreement with the sister that is something that is definitely higher up. There's some higher, there's, there's some different things at play. And if I were a guessing man, or if I was someone who were to give my two cents on what I think, what was going on, is that at this present state, even though we do notice that uh, many countries on the continent of Africa, on our motherland, our Kibalan, have started making movements towards independence, towards less dependence on the Western world in terms of like, you know, being the footstools. There's still some more work that needs to be done. As much as we've talked about now the now French colonial pact, what has been done to make sure that its malignant effects don't continue to damage the lives of many African people because it's not just one country, right? I think of things like that. I think of moves such as this as someone making a call because they're afraid, because they've seen all of the other things that I had been talking about up until this point and all the things that had been uh, reported by so many different people, you know? As I've said before, the revolution will not be televised, but there's things that you will see, but it's not what y'all think. If y'all th- or if what you guys think is that Africa is just sitting around waiting for the white man to hand them something, that white or that that our people are just sitting around waiting to kiss white babies and love on some white Jesus. Let's put a couple of things into context. Number one, a few years ago, um, Nigerian government was attacking their students. Just a few months ago, you see a similar case happen in Nigeria regarding protests. Those that have made a career, a living, a legacy out of being a white man's nigga. They're being called upon to act out because their masters are afraid. And that's really the only way to look at this. It truly is. Because no matter what. As long as someone, a culture, has dominance over you. It's so funny because I had an uh, interesting debate about uh, cultural hegemony. 
right? And cultural hegemony in this case happens to be white culture. Whether you want to call it white male culture, whether you want to call it misogyny, whether you want to call it Western, that's where a lot of this stuff originates at. And this is how they get down. This is how they do business. And it's how they've done business ever since they learned that tactic uh, by proxy through Hannibal Barca all those years ago. All those years ago. And it's been a part of their playbook ever since because interactions make you better, right? So with that being said, um, this was definitely unfortunate. Um you know, but it's not the end of the world. It shows you that there's a lot, uh, a lot to do. But we also have to remember that the speakers were going there for a reason. There was people that were willing to hear them speak, that wanted to hear them speak, that wanted to hear that message. Also, we have to also consider the reason that they canceled the show all of a sudden it's because they were scared of its impact. They were afraid of the impact. So that in itself is a win family. When people make moves in order to stop you from doing something, it means that that move carried a threat. So all I'll say or all I'll ask the family to do is just to simply analyze the situation and then tell me what threat does it pose a government to have Pan-Africans who preach about building the country back up on its own natural resources, building blacks, Africans back to a status that is respectable in the world so we don't get looked at as the footstools, no longer be the footstools? Who want to see Africa actually profit from the riches, benefit from the riches that the rest of the world does? How, how awful is that? That the very land worked by the hands of the people of that land don't get to benefit from none of those resources. The rest of the world is making trillions, more than trillions at this point. Off the blood, sweat, tears, and ancestry of African people. So you have to ask yourselves, people who represent that, how would that threaten a Ghanaian government? I like this because this also make, puts more spotlight on them. It makes it easier to remove the waste. And if the whole government's a waste, then you may have to just remove all of it. But from this point moving forward, the Ghanaian government will no longer be able to ostensibly claim or ostensibly push for certain things, mirroring independence, mirroring a lot of the, the sentiments that many of our people have over there on the motherland, in the motherland. Um, you won't be able to hide that because we're watching and the world is watching. So with that being said, peace, love and light family. Um, I hope you guys are doing well uh, to start the new year and um, peace, love and light.